Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Ilsa Homan from Eile, and we're going to be speaking about utilizing an iPad to help improve your binocular vision and myopia practice on the OI show. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the OI Show. Today, we are joined by Ilsa Homan, and uh, Ilsa has been a uh, practitioner and has been an eye care provider in South Africa, and uh, she started a company called Eile, uh, which is solving some really interesting, uh, really interesting problems. So, Ilsa, thank you for joining us for the OI Show. Absolute pleasure, David. I'm happy to be here. We're excited to get to chat with you about some things that you do. I met you on social media. I believe it was LinkedIn because you yes. were talking about things that were interesting to me. Can you give us just a brief little history about your introduction into eye care um, and how you started you know, in the eye care field? So the interesting thing, David, is um, as a child, I always thought I'd end up in engineering. I've got a very systematic brain that is always trying to make processes more efficient. Um, I think it's a, it's a good way of explaining how I ended up in a tech company. Um, but I'm a myope myself. I'm a minus four. I've got an intermittent exotropia with a lag of accommodation. And needless to say, I got my first pair of glasses when I was 12. And I really started struggling to study when I was in my high school years. And I think that just kind of, you know, got the bearings going and the rest is history. Ended up in optometry, studied at uh, Rand University um, in Rand Afrikaans University in Johannesburg. And it was in my third year when we started working with immatropization and uh, binocular vision that I just knew that I was in the right space. There you go. So um, opened my first practice in, in Pete's and, and BB. I obviously experimented on myself. I'm happy to say that I haven't <laughs> progressed since third year, since I started being my own guinea pig. I always experiment everything on myself first, I guess. Um, opened my first practice when I was 27. Um, and I had five practices by the time that I was 35. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of BV and a lot of PEDS. Okay. And um, so some people don't know what, what ILE is. So tell us a little bit about, you know, running these five practices to getting to the time where you're like, I need a solution and that engineering yeah. brain of yours. What led you to say, hey, I need, I need something for my practice? How, what was the need that you were trying to fill? So I guess when you see a lot of children and you go through the whole BV and, um, and also myopia management, which is something that I've always been interested in, um, there's a couple of pain points. You know, I'm one of those people that want to have as much as possible information um, I think that we can make a much better diagnosis if we have a, 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 a broader view on the, on the visual system. But then those four pain points of actually going through all the tests, then yeah. you'd have to take the results, first interpret them, you know, okay, so a little circle here um, on the Randot stereo um, 
gram actually means that it's a it's a thirty degree um, second of of stereo, and now you got to think, okay, well, this patient is how old? We got to you know uh, compare it to the normative databases, and and then you've got your result. Then you still have to look for patterns to see, you know, is there a, a virgence or accommodation dysfunction? Mm-hmm. And then you still got to decide on 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 treatment plan, you got to educate your your patient and your parent because they have to make an informed decision in the end. It's still their decision. And then after all of that, most of my patients actually required a visual report, which would then take another couple of hours to do. So needless to say, I really loved what I was doing, but I was very quickly becoming very busy. And obviously coming from a very systematic background of always trying to make things more efficient um, it wasn't long before I started making a couple of those processes a little bit more automated but I always had this dream of of Ailu I think what Ailu is at the moment and and could be so much more um, I just never really had the time to to sit down and and you know design it yeah um, what changed it, what changed to get you to the COVID. point where you're like, COVID? When, when COVID. <laughs> I mean, I think COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, there was a, a about two months that we couldn't practice at all. Yeah. And my husband, being a software engineer, um, was still working from home. And I just started picking his brain saying, you know, I know we've discussed a lot of things. I mean, a lot of colleagues know that I've been doing this for a while on options to about 2012 and we just literally started with a pilot and it just escalated from there. It escalated from there. So you just had mentioned to me that uh, there's a new chapter of your life that is starting. You're you're moving on from South Africa and you're moving to Belgium and the Netherlands and what was this stimulus that got all that going? Was that COVID as well? It was COVID. Um, there was a couple of uh, personal um, preferences as well. My husband, being in the field that he is, uh, has got a lot of opportunities in the Netherlands. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think uh, one thing that I should also mention is that my mom is Belgian. Yeah. So I've always had this passport and I've always had this uh, dream of of going and living there Um for a while and I think when COVID started and things just became a little bit more um, easier to work from home with what we're doing now we can basically live every anywhere and yeah, it's always so a true. dream of ours to, to actually go and live there. So what uh, and, and I would like for us to talk a little bit about Eileen here in a moment but uh, yeah. what um, what uh, what do you foresee this uh, becoming here in practices? Is this something where you started utilizing it in, in practice so far, or is it something where people are starting to use in practice already? And how's that going? So the interesting and sad thing is um, the pilot, I definitely started running in my own practice. Sure. Um, I loved what it did for me because it made me more efficient. It made me be able to work smarter and faster. And and let's face it, the moment you work with an app, kids just think they're playing a computer game as opposed to being being tested. So the children and the parents loved it. Um, it was only really finished by the time that I've sold my practices. 
Okay. And um, we're in a stage where we officially launched in March. We had mm-hmm. a small pilot study with a couple of colleagues that are that are that are you know trusted and and could talk about and could give me some some honest feedback. And um, yeah, we're at a place now where we've we've got people signed in from America all the way to Malaysia. Yeah. So. So let's talk a little bit about ILE. And uh, first of all, what does it do? Um, so there's there's two different types that we can use. We can use the diagnostic, and then there's an aspect with some treatment for vision therapy. Tell us, first of all, how do you describe ILE to people who've never heard of it? So ILE is a way to be able to do more tests in a shorter period of time. It also does a lot of the automation for you. So a child would literally sit with an iPad and align a couple of things. It would quantitatively tell you exactly, for instance, what the phoria is for deer. Um, it'll automatically compare that for you to the normative database. And it just gives you a much quicker, broader overview of a visual system mm-hmm. uh, from which you can easily then make your diagnosis and decide on a treatment plan. So testing phoria, what else does it test for? So ILE at the moment, and I say at the moment because what we have at the moment is just the tip of the iceberg of everything that I would like to incorporate. But at the moment, um, it's got a lot of input data where we can put in uh, uh, results from our subjective and objective tests. But the physical test that we can do is basically all the the guideline binocular test is set out by the International Myopia Institute and the um, American Optometric Association. Um, it's We start with um, accommodation flexibility, and then we can do phoria. We can do fixation disparity. Um, we can do a suppression test. Um, we can do stereo. We can do color vision. And... We can do um, virgins. You can literally measure the virgins base in and base out for near on the tablet. By just so having using- having all of that, you have to be kind of uh, you know tracking some some eye things. Is there is there hope to eventually be able to do um, to do eye tracking and be able to look at uh, at movements of the eyes and reading challenges that children are having? Is that maybe the future? I'd love that. That is was. very interesting how you got to that. That is exactly where Ali started. So I was, I was experimenting with the idea of doing my master's degree in, in computerized tracking of eye movement, specifically to be able to do things like um, objectively measure um, phoria based on, on, on Hirschberg technique. So we'll be able to, to get a much better quantitative value for measuring infants um, with a phoria or a tropia. So eye movement's definitely one of the things that we are, that we are looking at. Mm. And then also refraction. It's amazing if you, if you look at the technology what we can do, all the things that we can do basically with an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Not giving away too much. 
Sure, sure. Uh, so this is really cool. So what um, you know, what you just said here, fixation, disparity, virgins, suppression, stereo. Uh, some people are curious why you're talking about myopia. So um, I think about this as all binocular vision stuff. So um, I'm, I'm setting you up because obviously I know you where this are. is. But, so tell me about myopia and why this is such a passion of yours and what you just described here is all binocular vision stuff. I don't get it. Okay, so I have to start with my own predicament, the fact that I was an intermittent exotrope. Um, I was really struggling to study. But it was also, I think, one of the driving forces that was fueling my myopia progression. Um, because when I started experimenting on myself, you know, just and back in the day, we didn't have a lot of options. I'm talking 2004. Um, but, you know, just giving myself a little bit of a, of a, of an ad, let's say I was using reading glasses for Nia, um, didn't really do much. But then when I combined it with a little bit of prism, I was actually doing that to be able to, to study better. But for the first time in my life, uh, my, my progression was, was getting a lot lower as well. Well, I haven't progressed a single after since. Are you about um, a minus three? I was a minus four. I've, I've actually, uh -huh. in, in the years to follow, if I've progressed a little bit, I'm a minus three, seven, five now. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was one of those, those kids that got an 050 every time I, yeah. I, I went back to the optometrist. And, and so had yeah. you not done this, you might have been, you know, four or five, six, and your risks of disease could have gone way up with all of that. And, way, uh, way up. So the interesting thing is um, my younger brother had exactly the same sort of visual condition as me, wouldn't listen to me because he was very clever. And ended up being, <laughs> of course he was, ended up being a minus 10 at 25. Wow. So I think there's definitely something there. But Apart from that, um, with binocular vision and with um, emetropization, which is something that I mentioned in my third year, I had an incredible um, lecturer and it's really stimulated a lot of research. And obviously I started with comets, um, myopia, progression, and, and, and just, yeah, a lot of things that, that was very interesting for me that um, just relates to my myopia control. And so how, and how, um, how are you utilizing Eile for the correction of these things? Do, do you kind of guide through? So there's, there's two different programs that people can, can buy into. They can buy into the, the lower cost one, which shows some diagnostic information, but then an upper one allows you to do some vision therapy so if I don't do vision therapy in my practice, I don't know a whole lot about it, which my wife does. She does have, have binocular vision. Said. We have some vision therapists in our practice. Brilliant thing to do if you haven't done that. But uh, for somebody who you know gets into this, starts discovering some of these issues because of your software, um, do you kind of help 
set up a vision therapy program that they can, you know, walk their patients through with ILE? And how does that work? So the interesting thing is when we started communicating with a lot of optoms from across the globe, um, this was a question that came up quite quite a lot. And what we've been able to do with, with our software as well is to make it a little bit more intuitive, to, to be able to recognize certain patterns and then to work with the latest research that, you know, we, we program into the app um, with regards to, to binocular issues that could potentially have an effect on myopia progression or onset. Um, and then it actually kind of helps you to, to, to get to those suggestions as well. So we know that a program, and I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that a lot of people ask us if we ever think that technology could replace optometrists, and, and that is absolutely n- not the case. Um, my husband, like I said, is a software engineer, and, and we talk about this a lot. He's very interested in, in AI. But when it comes to, to something as personal as healthcare, will always want to have a, a personal uh, person, you know, explaining and taking us through this whole process. But what we, what we can do is we can, we can identify certain patterns and, you know, in your results, tell a patient, well, maybe, you know, have a look at this. Um, maybe consider that. And in the end, it still stays the diagnosis is still completely up to the eye care professional. Right. Whether it's what would you tell? What would you tell uh, an optom? Are some conditions that can be treated with Eileen's vision therapy side? Um, you know, we deal with people with head injuries and severe binocular vision abnormalities, neurological conditions. But then we also deal with accommodative and binocular vision problems, which are maybe, you know, a little bit more, more mainstream. Um, who, who, who is going to benefit from utilizing ILE vision therapy? So if we take a person through ILE, let's, let's just start there because that's typically where the question in my case would come up. And you would notice that the person has got um, aphoria, for instance. Phoria doesn't really necessarily mean anything right. if you don't delve further because a lot of people could have a misalignment, but they're completely comfortable in 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 um, in correcting it, you know, and um, and, and uh, most people are not even aware of it. But then when you see a phoria in 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 conjunction with the fixation disparity, then we start thinking, well, maybe this is a system that is straining. So obviously we have a look at the fusional reserves as well. And if there's a virgin's problem, you know, anything like eye alignment, um, uh, if there's an accommodation issue, something like accommodation flexibility uh, could make a huge difference. I mean, I'm just... I'm just always going to go back to myself and I know not everybody has got a binocular issue, but what I can tell you is someone that has a binocular issue, it, it, it has a huge effect 
on mm. your day-to-day. I mean, yeah. I was one of those people that used to, in varsity, print out everything. Can't even think about all the rainforests I've demolished. Because <laughs> for me, working on a computer screen was just, it was, right. it was not possible for long periods of time. So to make a long story short, like I said, it, it all depends on how much time I've got. But, I mean, there's some very simple binocular issues that we could identify that has got such easy mechanical exercises that can make yeah. it so much better um, if we just look for it. You right. know? And, and I know most mainstream optometric practices don't because let's face it, I mean, we're busy. And How long does the testing have- take? Well, the additional testing with Eile takes only about five minutes. Okay. It's literally a couple of tests that kids align up wearing their little red, green, and, and or blue, red anaglyphs, and it literally spits out a lot of quantitative. Um, so this could be something that we uh, hand to them in the uh, in 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 the front office as soon as they walk in the door and have somebody kind of walk them through while they're getting set up and their mom's filling out paperwork or something and uh do that yeah well that that's awesome just for for the sake of time here tell us a little bit about how um how somebody can learn more about eilie learn more about you if somebody has an interest in in getting involved in this and simplifying their binocular vision and their myopia practice tell us a little bit about how people can learn more about what you're doing so we've got a website, Eilie.com, which we are working on um, at the moment. Um, and, well, it's there, but, I mean, we're doing some upgrades because, obviously, the, the program is also evolving as as we go. And that's um, E-Y-E-L-I, E-Y-E-L-I. Eilie.com. And the best would be to send an email. You can request a demo as well. I, I can talk about Eile for hours. You just you set up a time with me and I'll take you through the whole process. I mean, we even have a little simulator on the computer where I can show you exactly what the exercises look like um, on your computer. And um, then we just take it from there. That's because awesome. It's also obviously, interest, it, it, it helps if I know more or less how much you do know about binocular vision and if you're already doing a little bit of myopia management in your practice. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's uh, it's really cool to hear all about this. I can't believe the time flew by so quickly. We sure appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, David. absolutely. Uh, if I'll you would you like... Yes, I would love to talk with you again. If you would like more information, you can uh, go to Eilie.com and uh, you know look into getting a demo. Um, we'll also have resources in the show notes, uh, which will uh, direct you to the website or email if you have an interest in setting up and learning more. Uh, on the OI show, we love talking about new technologies. We love looking at ways to expand our practice and and uh, reach outside of what we're currently doing. So if binocular vision, myopia management isn't something that you're currently doing in your practice, we'd highly encourage you to look for uh, resources uh, like this to be able to expand and help your patients in other ways. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. We'd uh, be honored if you would leave us a five-star review. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to having you join us uh, on the next Optometric Insights podcast. Thank you. Thank you.